Good morning, and welcome to Convocation this morning, where we will be presenting the Alumni Awards as part of our homecoming weekend. I'm Kelly Burkholder-King, Director of Alumni Relations, and I want to welcome all of you. We have students, faculty, and staff in the audience. We have the Alumni Award recipients, and many of their family members, some who have traveled quite a distance. And we have special friends of theirs here also. So welcome to all of you, and I hope you enjoy Homecoming Weekend and all that you participate in. There are two groups in the audience I just want to make sure I introduce this morning. The first is the Goshen College Board of Directors who are here for meetings. If they could stand. And the other group are the alumni board who are on this side, if they could please stand. Today we're going to recognize some special alumni for Goshen College. Students, if you just look around you for a minute at your classmates, or maybe even think of yourself, you could actually be up here in 10 to 30 years in this very place, hard to believe, but it happens, getting a similar award for the work that you do or for the way you live your lives in this very place and the way that you live out Goshen College's core values. Each year, the variety of disciplines that are represented and work settings that people come from that receive these awards reflects the diversity of the alumni and the many ways that they are engaged with the world. From anthropology and art to political science and religion, we have these exemplary individuals who are each living Goshen College's healing the world piece by piece statement. Whether they are an endeared coach, a special pastor, an adventurous artist entrepreneur, missionaries with a special appreciation for the cultures in which they work, an anthropologist who becomes an advocate for the population he studies, or a public interest lawyer who works for the least of these, they are each making this world a better place for others. And we'll hear from about, we'll hear more about each of those in a moment. First, I want to introduce Tim Monicum, who's president of the alumni board, and he will be introducing each award recipient as well as give their awards. Following him, the Champions of Character Award recipients will be introduced by Tim um, Dumont. Thank you very much, Tim. I remember when I first came to Goshen College many years ago, it was really my first introduction to the Mennonite Church and the Mennonites. And so Goshen College was my introduction to the Mennonites. And when I saw those first Goshen College brochures, they had this circle with the words culture for service. Didn't mean anything to me, but I saw the words. And then yesterday when President Jim Brenneman spoke to us as the alumni board, he hearkened back to the first address given by Goshen College's first president who used the phrase culture for service. And since then, it has become a part of Goshen College. Now, I said I didn't really understand what it meant or what it stood for, 
But what I've learned when I first came to Goshen, spent my four years here, and in the 30 years in the Mennonite church since that time, is that the culture for service is what makes Goshen unique in many ways. Goshen is not only a Christian college, but we believe that being a Christian also means cultivating and having a culture for service. So a few years ago, I think in 1989, the Goshen College Alumni Association and the Goshen College Alumni Board made a decision that we should honor alumni that have gone on to achieve great things, not just in terms of career or finances or other areas of life, but ones who really embodied the college's motto of culture for service. So over the years, we have um, been pleased to present the awards to not only teachers and social workers and nurses, careers that we traditionally think of as service cultures, but also to scientists and attorneys and business people. What you learn is that the culture for service is not really a career. It really is a way of life. It's someone that you become. And we're thrilled that Goshen College is a place that nurtures that sort of attitude and a way of life. So this morning, it really is my pleasure to present on behalf of the alumni and the alumni board uh, some new awards to the recipients. So I will briefly go through uh, the recipients for the year. You have them in your brochures as well, but I'd like to highlight some of their accomplishments and who they are. The first are Wilma Shank and David Shank. They graduated from Goshen College in 1946 and 1948. Um, David Shank, and, and this was a case where we believe that they really worked as a team, as a couple, in what they do. Their whole life has been about service. David Schenck studied at Goshen College Biblical Seminary. Then they went to Belgium in 1950, returning to the college for a period to teach and to work here as well. Later, they moved to Africa and served in Africa in the late 70s to 80s. And during that time, David also received his doctorate from Scotland in 1983 and published what has really become a seminal book in, in church literature, and that is The Prophet Harris, The Black Elijah of West Africa. That was published in 1994. So there are our first recipients. It's nice to have an international flavor again in our second recipient, Wilmer Stahl, who graduated from Goshen in 1971. His family emigrated from Russia to Paraguay in the 1930s. And he ended up at Goshen College through some Mennonite connections in Paraguay while studying at the Mennonite Seminary in Uruguay. So he came to Goshen, studied here, received higher education degrees. And what we felt was really important was that he made the decision to not remain here but to return to his native Paraguay. And his work here there has been in, with the development of the indigenous people. And he has cultivated not just the culture for service, but has embodied the Mennonite church's stance on peace and peacemaking, and has been able to mediate in a lot of the interfaith uh, situations there. So Wilmer Stahl of the class of 71 is our second recipient. A third is a little bit more recent graduate, 1987, and from my part of the country up in the Northwest. Nancy Chupp was an interdisciplinary major and it's interesting because my son here is an interdisciplinary major, and sometimes I tell him, you really should have one major instead of spreading your time over three. But I learned later that President Brenneman was an interdisciplinary major and Nancy Chupp is, so maybe that does lead to some good things down the road. 
Well, she has taken her time here, turned it uh, into a law practice and a law, not just a law practice, but helping people with religious-based discrimination and also with female prisoner civil rights. Some important work being done as an attorney in the Northwest. She's also spent time as a lobbyist and educator in Washington, D.C. So Nancy Chupp is our third and final recipient for the Culture for Service Awards. A different award, we have a second category also. And we felt a few years ago that it's great to honor people after they've been in the career for a period of time working and developing a resume. But wouldn't it be nice to recognize some of those graduates that leave Goshen College and within a short period of time, we defined it as 10 years at the time, wouldn't it be nice to recognize what they could do in the first 10 years after leaving Goshen College? And that's where the Sir Decade of Servant Leadership uh, Award came. And this year, we're thrilled and pleased to present it to Christina Hernandez, who graduated from Goshen in the year 2000. She's actually now, I love multicultural international resumes, and she certainly has one. Uh, she is from Honduras, but you wouldn't know it because she not only uh, grew up there, she came to Goshen College. She has worked in Vietnam and Bolivia. You can spend your time reading the brochure on everything that she has accomplished in just her first 10 years. And it's a thrill for me that she could actually make the time in her schedule to join us this weekend and be a part of the um, celebrations and activities. So at this time, I would like to, I want to invite Kelly King to come up here and join me as we present the awards to our, um, to our nominees. I want to start with uh, David and Wilma Shank, if you could please join us. So what we have for them as recipients are some wonderful works of art um, that you see displayed here. I will read them a letter which we are presenting on behalf of the alumni board, and then we will also give them the um, awards. So, David and Wilma, on behalf of the Goshen College Alumni Board, I am pleased to present you with the Culture for Service Award for 2010. We take this opportunity to recognize the significant contributions you have made in your years of service to God and to your church. In selecting alumni who exemplify the college motto, we remember especially your commitment to demonstrating the core values of your work and interactions. You have embodied Christ's teaching through your service to our brothers and sisters in Belgium and West Africa, as well as here in the United States. You have shown us how to see each other in Christ's eyes and how to cross cultures with both intelligence and compassion. You're both excellent examples of global citizens as a couple you have touched many lives and brought healing and peace to our world. So it's my pleasure and honor to present you with the Culture for Service Award. Our next recipient is Wilmer Stahl. Wilmer, please join me. Oh, 
Good morning. So Wilmer, on behalf of the Goshen College Alumni Board, I am pleased to present you with the Culture for Service Award for 2010. We take this opportunity to recognize the significant contributions you have made in the service of God and the people of the Paraguayan Chaco. In selecting alumni who exemplify the college motto, we were drawn especially to your peacemaking work through mediating potential conflicts with ethnic groups in Paraguay, your sensitive and thoughtful guidance of community development for the indigenous people of South, South America is to be commended. Your work is an example to all Goshen College students and alumni of how a person can use his gifts and education to bring healing and peace to our world. We are grateful for your contributions to culture for service. So I will present you in the lab. Thank you. Thank you. And just one note, the works that you see here were made by Professor Emeritus Marvin Bartell. It's a special piece of pottery. Um, it's made, so everyone is unique. It's specially made for you, so please enjoy that. Our th uh, third recipient uh, is Nancy Chupp, so please join us. Nancy? On behalf of the Goshen College Alumni Board, I'm pleased to present you with the Culture for Service Award for 2010. We take this opportunity to recognize the significant contributions you have made as an advocate for the poor, the oppressed, the prisoners, and the powerless. In selecting alumni who exemplify the college motto, we were inspired by the choices you have always made in your professional career to work on behalf of those who have no voice. You have used your education, your culture, in service to others and to God. We are grateful for the example that you set for current students and Goshen College alumni of all ages as you write, speak, and work to represent women prisoners in the state of Washington, protect members of the Somali Muslim community from discrimination, and open the way for mediation rather than litigation. So Nancy, congratulations. Just a word about the award for both Nancy and for Christina. These were made by Judy Wenig-Horswell, who is a professor emerita of art. So we decided we'd give them something uh, different that might do better on a long airplane journey. <laughs> so thank, thank you. you. And our final recipient, Christina, please join us. Christina, on behalf of the Goshen College Alumni Board, I am pleased to present you with the Decade of Servant Leadership Award for 2010. In the 10 years since your graduation from Goshen College, you have been a model of service to God and to artisans around the world. You've been a servant leader to people in Honduras, Vietnam, Bolivia, helping them to use their gifts and skills to make a living. Your current work in Afghanistan is a beautiful reflection of Jesus' example to set aside self-interest for the interests of others. Through your loving and joyful service, you're building up God's community. Your work is an example to all Goshen College students and alumni of how a person can use her gifts and education to bring healing and peace to our world. 
We are grateful for your contributions to Culture for Service, and may God bless you and be with you as you continue your life of service. So, Christina, congratulations. So following the awards, uh, two of our speakers, our recipients, will be speaking this morning. So please stay with us for that. Okay. Good morning. My name is Tim DeMond. I'm the athletic director here at Goshen College and a member of the Maple Leaf Athletic Club board. Uh, I am delighted this morning to present the Maple Leaf Athletic Club Champion of Character Awards. These two awards are named in honor of two pioneers in intercollegiate athletics here at Goshen College, uh, Dr. Ruth Gundon and Dr. Roman Gingrich. Uh, we are privileged to have both Ruth and uh, Roman Gingrich's wife, Shirley, and their daughter, Sarah, here with us this morning, and I invite them to stand and recognize them. The Champion of Character Awards were created to recognize former Goshen College student-athletes who have gone on to exemplify the Champion of Character core values, integrity, responsibility, respect, sportsmanship, and servant leadership. The recipients this year, um, one could say this is kind of a lifetime achievement award that they get halfway through their life. And so the expectation is they're going to keep doing these things. Uh, but it, it is an opportunity for the Maple Leaf Athletic Club Board to recognize the accomplishments of former student athletes who have gone on to do the good things, not just in sport, but in life. And so it is my privilege to recognize them. So as I, as I call them, I invite them to come forward. The Dr. Ruth Gundon Champion of Character Award for 2010 is presented to B.J. Lichty. BJ graduated from GC in 1975, having played basketball and studied social work. After college, she spent a year in voluntary service at the Frontier Boys Village in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and then married Roll Lichty in 1977. Uh, they moved to the West Coast, and uh, BJ worked at Western Mennonite High School for 12 years as administrative assistant to the principal and the assistant principal, but was also very involved in the school in other areas, including teaching, uh, leading a small group for students, taking students on many terms, chaperoning the choir, and that's a challenge in itself, um, helping clerk for the, for the annual auction, basically anything that needed to get done, uh, BJ was there for it. Uh, during this time, she was also very involved in worship planning and leading at Western Mennonite Church. In the mid-90s, uh, they moved back to Elkhart County, and uh, BJ got involved at Holderman Mennonite Church in Wakarusa and became an associate pastor there in 2004, uh, with primary responsibilities in the areas of worship and uh, visitation. And then just this January, she was ordained. So congratulations for that. Uh, they have uh, four children, Anna Rose, Alan, Julianne, and Jennifer. BJ, on behalf of the Maple Leaf Athletic Club Board, it is my honor to present you with the 2010 Dr. Ruth Gundon Champion of Character Award. Congratulations.
Dr. Roman Gingrich Champion of Character Award is presented to Dan Boddicker. And Dan, come join us. Uh, Dan's a 1964 grad, um, and he's dedicated his life to the love of athletics and shape, shaping young lives. Uh, while at Goshen, uh, Dan played baseball and soccer and studied physical education. Um, did you ever go turkey catching? No, Roman never made you do that? I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seems to be a common theme with... Uh... Um, after he graduated, uh, recognizing his talents, he was uh, quickly hired by Bethany Christian School to beginning an entire athletic program. Uh, just a small feat for a recent college graduate. Uh, for 43 years, he served there as a coach, a teacher, and the athletic director. Uh, at Bethany, he started the basketball, baseball, and soccer intercollegiate athletic programs and coached uh, for many, many years there. His all-time career record of 918 wins, 719 losses, and 39 ties. And so quite a remarkable feat. Uh, working for a church school with young people was how Dan saw his mission field. He touched the lives of many student-athletes over the years, including many who have come on to become uh, Goshen College Maple Leafs and competed for our, our teams here. Uh, Dan also taught driver ed, so that's the, the risky side of his... Uh, <laughs> and, and has actually uh, spent many hours in, in the car with some of our international students who are looking to get driver's licenses so they could drive here in the U.S. Uh, Dan retired from full-time employment three years ago, but still uh, works part-time at Bethany in his honor and recognizing his incredible accomplishments at, uh, at the school, they, they named their athletic fields the Boddicker Athletic Fields. Uh, in his retirement, he continues to be a strong supporter of Maple Leaf Athletics and has driven several times already the bus for us this year. So, uh, Dan and his wife Diane attend Waterford Mennonite Church here in Goshen and have two uh, sons, uh, Scott and Dan, or Scott and Mike, who are with us here with their families as well. So Dan, on behalf of the Maple Leaf Athletic Club, it is my honor to present to you the 2010 Roman Gage Champion of Character. Thank you. Good morning. And again, I'm Nancy Chupp, and I'm very honored to be one of the recipients of the Culture for Service Awards this morning. Um, if those of you who are up here in 10 or 20 years, you're probably going to have to wear glasses so you can see. Uh, when I first learned from Kelly King that I would be receiving this award this year, I felt a little like President Obama when he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, not the Nobel part of that, but the what have I done yet part of it. My siblings also made sure I didn't feel too smug about receiving this award. When they heard the news, they both asked me in independent phone conversations, what have you done to deserve this award? <laughs> but then again, they both went to EMU, so what do they know? When, when Kelly asked me to speak, she asked me to say a little bit about my current work, um, but also a little bit about how Goshen College has impacted my life or career. So let me start with that second question first. How has an institution that I went to over 20 years ago now, and for four very short years, impacted my life? Well, the short answer is profoundly. One of the most obvious ways Goshen has impacted my life is the people that I surround myself with. Since leaving Goshen, I have lived in a number of places, including New York City, Washington, D.C., South Africa, and now Seattle. 
And I have to say that um, some, if not most, of my favorite people continue to be Goshen College graduates. I've found that Goshen consistently graduates people who are thoughtful, critical thinkers about the world and politics, committed to economic justice, willing to ask hard questions about the root causes of social inequities, mindful of their carbon footprints, constantly struggling with how to live more simply, how to buy locally, and the list goes on. A second way that Goshen has influenced me has to do with the framework with which I view the world. One of the first classes I took as a student was Contemporary Women's Issues with Anna Bowman. It had a profound impact on me and really helped shape my worldview in terms of critiquing social norms around gender, race, and class. I remember one rather unfortunate incident um, related to this class that I'll share. Darla Schoen, who some of you know, was my college roommate, and we had taken this class together, and we were very passionate about using our feminist knowledge um, in every way we could. Well, as some of you know, Darla's legally blind, so in college I would type her papers for her after she had written them out. Well, one day I was typing a paper for her for Marlon Jeske's Christian Ethics class, and I noticed that she'd used the pronoun he when referring to God throughout the paper. I thought it must have been an oversight, and I, I knew she'd appreciate if I'd changed some of the he's to she's, so I did. Well, weeks later, when Darla received her paper back from Marlon Jeske, he had crossed out all the she's with his red pen, and across the bottom of the paper he had written, Darla, although it may be appropriate to refer to God as either male or female, we're pretty sure historically that Jesus was a man. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thankfully, Darla still received a good paper, or good grade on the paper, and we remain friends to this day. So as I think about that incident, in the grand scheme of things, changing the pronouns for God in a college paper may not seem that consequential. But moments like that, where students were given the space at Goshen College to challenge lifelong assumptions and to think outside the box, were instrumental to me and encouraged me to think critically and creatively about the world, my role in it, and social change. This leads me to my third point. There is no doubt that attending Goshen College helped me set me on the career path that I ultimately chose. I started out as a nursing major, but after taking religion classes with Don Blosser, political science classes with Leroy Berry, and other women's, women's classes with Dorothy Yoder Nice, I was hooked, and I wanted more and more of those classes. I remember being thrilled when at the end of my sophomore year, Don Blosser, my advisor, told me that I didn't actually have to choose any one topic, that I could actually minor in all those areas and get an interdisciplinary degree. At the time, like Tim, I remember being a little concerned whether I'd get a job after college. But immediately after graduating, I landed a perfect MCC assignment, which combined all three of those areas. And I worked as a public policy advocate for a national religious women's organization in Washington for many years. What started out as a two-year MCC assignment quickly turned into a 10-year job. I have to add that in addition to the classes I took at Goshen that made me think about um, issues of power and privilege, I also appreciated the many opportunities to actually do service while I was at Goshen. Working in a homeless women's shelter my junior year in WISI um, and working at a refugee camp while on SST in Costa Rica helped deepen my commitment to finding a career that allowed me to live out my values. I believe Goshen is one of those rare Christian institutions that, on one hand, 
teaches and affirms the tenets of its own denominational faith, and at the, on the other hand, instills in students not just a tolerance, but a deep respect for other world religions. I've been reminded of this in recent weeks as we've witnessed examples of the rising hostility toward Muslims, including the deeply offensive threat to burn the Quran. In contrast, Goshen challenged students to deeply value their own faith, but not at the expense of another's. This bring me, brings me to my current work. As mentioned, um, I work as a lawyer at a small firm called the Public Interest Law Group. In addition to taking on cases that hopefully have an impact on the broader public, we also provide individual legal services to people in the area of employment discrimination, civil rights, and prisoner rights. An increasing number of people who come to my law firm are, are Muslims who, are, who have been harassed or discriminated against, and mostly in the work setting. In a surprising number of these cases, the employers don't even try to hide the reason why they're terminating or discriminating against this person. Some of our clients, for example, have been accused of worshiping the devil by their supervisors. Others have been told that their religion is not a real religion. Some of our female clients have been accused of looking like terrorists and fired because they refuse to remove their hijabs. Many of our clients have also been denied religious accommodations to take short prayer breaks at work. And ironically, some of these same employers who refuse to give the accommodation happily provide an accommodation to a non-Muslim employee who needs to take a smoke break. Many of our clients are also new immigrants to this country and don't have the resources to pay an attorney. One of the goals of our law firm is to provide legal services to those who couldn't otherwise afford it. We do this in a variety of ways. Sometimes we take cases on contingency, meaning that they, we don't take anything from them unless we can recover a, a settlement for them. We also reduce our hourly rates, and sometimes we waive our fees completely. We also make a point of representing clients whose damages are so low that other law firms won't look twice at their case. Finally, we have salary caps for attorneys. And this means that in any year when we reach a certain salary, um, we donate further earnings to nonprofit legal services in the area. I'd like to close by saying that to many people, um, the structure and business model of our law firm is a little crazy and counterintuitive. But to me, it represents Mennonite values that were both taught and reinforced at Goshen College. I'm grateful to Goshen College for, pro for providing me with the conviction and the tools to do the kind of work that I love and find meaningful. Thank you. I'm Cristina Hernandez, and I don't wear glasses yet, but it's only been 10 years since I left. <laughs> um, God began unraveling my journey into Afghanistan when I was in fourth grade. On a Friday chapel, an American woman came and shared the story of a missionary woman named Amy Carmichael. She served in India for a long time. And as a little girl, Amy's mother taught her that God answered prayers. So every night, Amy would go to bed and she would pray that God would give her blue eyes. And yet every morning she would run to the mirror and with disappointment stare back at brown eyes, staring back at her. Her mother taught her that God's answers can be sometimes yes, a clear yes, and sometimes a clear no. As an adult, Amy became a missionary and served in India. In many parts of India, Girls are dedicated to gods and left in temples. 
but then they are forced into prostitution by priests who use the earnings to cover the expenses for the temples. Amy's passion became rescuing children from the temples and a life of prostitution, and to do so, she would stain her skin with coffee and she would dress in a sari as foreigners were not allowed inside temples. She traveled near and far to serve as many girls as she could, and her disguise was never uncovered. It was then she understood why God had not given her the blue eyes she had so wanted. She served in India for a total of 55 years until age 83, and she rescued over a thousand children. A well-known quote from her, from her biography is, one can give without loving, but one cannot love without giving. God certainly works outside the boxes we design and put ourselves into. Goshen had challenged me to lead a life of service and to seek justice wherever I went, but I, I felt certain that my place of service was Honduras and that I would always serve there and not, never go abroad. I began working with artisans in Honduras through an organization dedicated to uh, working in developing countries. Halfway through the project, I received a scholarship for a ceramics course in Taiwan, and though I had never desired to travel to Asia, suddenly in Taipei, as I walked the streets on my own, I found myself thinking, wow, I could really live here. This does not seem as foreign to me. I began thinking, once I returned home, that Asia was a place that I could return to. I felt a burning desire to go back and felt a calling to work there with artisans. So I began the application process to serve as an MCC volunteer and requested to serve in a position allowing me to work with artisans in any Asian region. I was then invited to join MCC in Vietnam and moved there in 2003. I spent four years in Hanoi, a time when God worked further on teaching me to live outside the box. I learned a completely different language which I thought would be impossible to learn, and I adapted to a way of life that seemed so foreign to me when I had first landed. Suddenly, I was shopping from a motorbike like Vietnamese ladies do, and I was bargaining harder than they did, or at least that's what the vendors would tell me. <laughs> In Vietnam, God taught me to focus on similarities more than differences. Vietnamese people and I are completely opposite physically, yet amidst riding a motorbike all over Hanoi streets, I discovered that no matter how different I appeared, and Vietnamese people always made certain to let me know how different we were, um, coffee cup after coffee cup, spending hours on end developing friendships with Vietnamese people who were thirsty for knowledge of life outside of Afghanistan, outside of Vietnam, I discovered how similar we were. Vietnamese people have a common expression we Hanoian expats often joked about. Same, same, but different. Though used in a different context by Vietnamese people, it is so true, we are so, so much the same, 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 but just on the surface, different. Though I never planned or had any desire to teach, I ended up teaching a large part of my time in Afghanistan, and this was also in preparation for my time in Afghanistan. By the beginning of the fourth year in Hanoi, I began to feel closure. My time in Hanoi was coming to an end and God was letting me know so. Most of us in this room today are probably very intrigued about Afghanistan. No matter what country I travel to or who I speak with, everyone's remarks are always how their knowledge of Afghanistan is limited to the news about the ravaging war, a war which extends year after year, way past the expiration date chosen by the Allied forces. 
Yet my Afghanistan, the Afghanistan God bestowed upon me, is not tainted by the war. It is defined by the men and women who chose to call me Hamshira, sister. I moved to Kabul to work for the first Afghan Women's Design Center, a center created to teach women in the arts and crafts sector about design, product development, and how to create marketable products and then link them to the local and international markets. This center was the beginning of my journey inside Kabul and many other provinces where I have been able to work with micro, small, and medium-sized businesses in design, product development, and business training. Upon moving to Kabul, I was once again reminded of Amy's story. God made me physically similar to Afghan women. Due to this, men and women involved with the design center immediately embraced me and took me into their homes. In a land where the war has destroyed trust, especially in relation to foreigners and local people, my physical looks created an immediate passage into the lives of everyday Afghan families. This is quite a contrast to Vietnam, where looking foreign and westernized made you earn a lot more friendships, as Vietnamese are so keen on learning English and about Western ideas. Once I had open access into the lives of the Afghan women I met at the design center, working with them was like working with sisters that I had known for a long time. In these past three years together, we have developed small handicraft businesses into exporting businesses, producing marketable products. And at the same time, I have gained an extended Afghan family. I have worked with phenomenal women, such as Nasima Paiman, whose husband died in prison during the Mujahideen War, and who from scratch and on her own began the first silk weaving business owned by a woman in Afghanistan, today an exporting business. I have worked with a phenomenal passion husband and wife duo, Bakhnazira Nyasi and Hanaka, who together have grown a small tailoring business into a successful jewelry and textile business, sourcing to companies in the US, and more importantly, a couple devoted, devoted to having their three children, their three daughters and son, receive the best education they provide, they can provide, because they believe their children will be part of what changes Afghanistan. I have worked with a Turkmen husband and wife, both doctors and gr who graduated this year. Aisha, the wife, is the first doctor within the Turkmen ethnic group. And together they run the Turkmen Women Active Rights Association. Through this association, we have revived felt making and have been so successful that all over Kabul, stores carry their felt products, especially rugs and carpets. The list could go on and on. Both women and men have taught me uncountable lessons compared to what I have been able to teach them within the classroom and through developing relationships with domestic and international businesses. I cannot take any credit for the work I do as they have done all the legwork. I have simply trained them, yet they are the ones who go above and beyond to learn how to make new products and fill customers' orders. Alongside the work we do, these people, my brothers and sisters, have taught me courage. No one knows courage as much as an Afghan woman or man does. They defy the word survival, living life to the fullest amidst a war they do not want. I have danced with my Afghan families, cooked with them, attended engagement parties, henna parties, wedding parties, private family dinners, religious ceremonies, burial ceremonies. 
I have cried with them hearing their stories, and I have laughed with them until tears roll down my cheeks. They live lives of joy and sorrow, embracing both together in unity, and this is what I define as courage. The intention of my message today is to leave you with an image of women and men we are in no way to feel sorry for, or to, in no way to feel sorry for, and to not leave you relieved to be within a society where violations to human rights are seldom heard of. I hope that through this message, your heart is set on fire to stand up with men and women in Afghanistan, united in courage. That you are no longer comfortable in your self-made box, but allow God to take you out of the same box I had placed myself within. Because in the end, once we step, step outside our boxes, we will immediately realize we are nothing more than same-same in God's kingdom. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy and Christina, for your very amazing stories. And I hope many people, I'm sure, will want to visit with you at the reception following convocation in the fellowship halls. Wilmar Stahl and Wilma and David Shank will also be sharing their stories tomorrow at the breakfast for alumni and others. Um, I would like you just to feel welcome to come to the reception at the fellowship halls following this. We will end by Patrick Ressler, a senior student here at Goshen College will lead us in the alma mater. Some of the older alumni know, some young students may not know, but here's your chance to become familiar with it. Thank you. The um, edges of your seats, um, please get a copy and we'll be singing the first verse. Please do observe the fermatas and please stand. Ooh. Mm -hmm.